Commissioner Gordon. What are those? Teenagers. Mutants. Ninjas. Turtles. Uh, just think about your retirement. Some place where the turtles don't talk and clowns are funny. It's okay, Jim. They're friends. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcast, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to frolic into other nerdy subjects that we all frolic about. Yes, double frolic. That's for you, Pete. The Batman Book Club is also on Patreon, so if you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support the show, keep the generators running there in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Now, thank you for listening to episode 130, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You guys know how giddy I get when I can talk Ninja Turtles with Batman. I've done it once before. Actually, almost like exactly two years ago, had a Turtles Week where we talked the Batman TMNT adventures, talked to the book with my pal Garrett, and then also got to interview the, the writer, Matthew Manning, got to interview the artist, Uncle John, John Samariva. Uh, it was a blast. Well, it was a long time coming to get it to dip into the other Batman Ninja Turtles crossover. And to do that, I had to bring in a special guest. I think he also bleeds green, just like I do. Um, if you've listened to any podcasts, you're very familiar with his voice, but in the Batman world, he is the host of Holy Batcast. Welcoming back to the show, it's Andy DiGenova. Hello, Andy. Thanks for hey, coming back. T-U-R-T-L-E power. <laughs> T-U-R-T-L-E power. B-A-T-M-A-N Batman. Uh, yes. What else you got? <laughs> oh, that's that's really it. That's, that's, that's it. It. I, okay. I, if I had had more time, I would have written a whole rap for you. You, and it would have been exclusive to the Batman book club, but I failed you. No. So that's all you get. That's all you get to the improv and, and then <laughs> we move on. Well, that was more than I was expecting because I wasn't yeah. expecting anything. I, I mean, so, I, hey, listen, party delivered. Partners, partners in crime is the jam <laughs> that, that I wore that tape out back in 1990. So I bleed bat first, but turtles yes. aren't that far behind, you know? Like, I mean, there's there are a couple things in between, but yeah, I, I've always been a a lifelong turtles fan as well so batman and the turtles it's like chocolate and peanut butter man oh my gosh uh surprisingly well and every crossover makes me happy so thank you for having me on our very own crossover uh to celebrate this crossover (laughs) yes yes i appreciate it uh we're actually almost like bookending 2022 with um you on this show because you were back on you were the first episode this year oh actually come to think about it yeah episode 89 
which we talked about the, the I gotta take the... your word for it, man. man. <laughs> My whole life is a blur. I don't know it's anything. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's a good thing technology keeps track of everything for us. But I mean, oh, I remember people because like, we people are like, "Oh, did, did you do an episode on this?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't know. Let me ask Brendan. He sure, probably better than me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I mean, we talked a, a delightful Batman story um, from Alan Grant and uh, Norm Brayfogle. Wait, was it Alan Grant? Oh my gosh, shame on me if that's not accurate. It's like the identity crisis. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be a sinner. Um. Anyways, let's just fast forward to the now. Well, let's not look. Well, I'm back glad. I'm glad much. I'm not the only one who has a hard time with such things. Fret not. You start doing this. You do it for a couple of years, man. It all blends together. So I'm. I get it. Somebody okay. go back. Somebody go back to January. Check it out. Let us remind <laughs> us what we talked about because I have no idea. It was written by Alan Grant. Okay, I can sleep. Good. We can Good. we can progress. But nailed it. Had a good time. I asked you if you'd be interested and if you'd like to come back when the time opens up. And uh, here we are 10 months later. So, yes, I appreciate you taking the time to come back to the show to talk about this book, which I may have already shown my hand to you a little bit that uh, I love this book. I think anybody who's ever listened to me run my mouth, which is way too much. They probably could guess that I love this book as well. So I'm very excited to have our conversation um oh, now well, this is gonna, another this is turtle be, fan an awkward awkward hour because i hate <laughs> it it's the worst no, wow I'm, no, you I know think, i think we're gonna get along just fine i think so too and actually before we move into that like our mutual friend eric carter he is he's the lone guest on the show that has ever picked a book knowing i did not like it and we oh, got to have a conversation but it was a fun. great conversation which one was that uh last night on earth oh that's the one where joker's head is in a fight it's good they guys yeah, are oh, some yeah. friends, though. That's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. We we threw uh, names at each other um, before we hit record. So we got it all out of our system. And yeah, that was a good conversation. But I don't think we'll have that that sequel here. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm what? not friends with Eric, Eric, Eric anymore. <laughs> no? That's okay, good. He, it's because it's because he counted Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man for Scarathon. And it's like it's a boxing movie. It's not scary at all. I don't think you get to count it. But he counted it, I've so well, I'll never I'll never speak to him again. Yeah. Okay. Adios. Yeah. Right, and yep, he's hearing sorry. it here first. He's <laughs> like, no wonder Andy <laughs> hasn't responded. Surprise, Eric. <laughs> this is this is why I leave you unread. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the darkest episode he's ever listened to of the Batman book. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Eric Carter's he's wonderful. I love that guy. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't want to tease anymore. I think let's just get into the good stuff. Let's get to talking uh, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, this book was released at the very tail end of 2015, six issues, uh, written by James Tynan IV, illustrated by Freddie E. Williams II, and a colorist, Jeremy Colwell. And we'll get to him why I'm giving him a a massive shout out as we get into our discussion a little bit more. Uh, It was released in physical issues. It's been collected in trade paperbacks and hardcovers. It's available digitally to buy. It's available on DC Universe Infinite. It's uh, (laughs) multiple hardcovers, actually. It even came out in a deluxe edition. And it was, for the longest time, it was going to be collected and released last December in an omnibus, collecting all three series of this crossover. And then for whatever reason, it just disappeared. But now it's back on, thanks to Target. Target gave uh, me and uh, Ryan Haas the heads up like months ago. 
and said, Hey, in August, 2023, this was back in like March. And I'm like, Oh, well, I don't really need it a year and a half advance, but that's okay. Thanks. And now it's apparently it's on Amazon and everything that that omnibus is coming next year. So there you go. Start saving your money now. Uh, Andy. Yeah. Which version did you read for this episode? So originally I read the floppies. I bought Mm -hmm. all six of these as they were released in 2015. Um, But I did not go dig those out for mm-hmm. this episode. Um, I I, re- I thought I had them digitally, but it turns out I only have two and three digitally. The first ones I did the old school way. So mm-hmm. I I revisited it via DC Universe Infinite. So there you go. thankfully it was there. I was glad it was. And mm-hmm. yeah, this time I read it digitally, but I do have the the actual comics in a box around here somewhere. Uh, oh, I forgot to give a shout out to my favorite app of all time, the Hoopla app. It is also available on Hoopla. Um, Still waiting for them to sponsor the show for how much I talk about Hoopla. Are you familiar with Hoopla? Have you ever heard I of it? I am not. No. Oh my gosh. Libraries. Never heard of them. It is a free digital library. Oh. Almost every collection of comic book that you can imagine is available there. It's just like you just don't have to drive to the library. Instead, nice. you just open the app up on your iPad and you hit download. Cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but anyways, for this episode, I am a sucker. Um, if DC needs my money, all they have to do is just slap Batman and TMNT on there and I'll do it because I bought the floppies. I bought the first hardcover when it came out and I bought the deluxe edition uh, and that omnibus. Yeah, I'll be getting the omnibus because I'm just a sucker. They know what they're doing to me. But for this, I actually dug out the uh, the floppies for this one because what, something, I don't want to say it necessarily bugs me. It's just I'm curious when issues end and when new ones begin. And in all of the collective like hardcovers, it doesn't um, it doesn't separate. It all just yeah. runs together as one story. So I was like, oh, I, re- I really think I know when each issue ends, but I'm going to grab the floppies and was able to. But I've also got the deluxe edition here as well. Nice. Well, on, on DC nice. Universe, uh, it's it is still six separate issues. So they're not okay. in a collected edition on DC Universe. You have to read gotcha. issue by issue. Did they does the DC Universe have the director's cut issue? It does, which I did okay. not read. No, and I mean, I don't expect many people to, but what's really cool about including that, which that's included in the deluxe, and uh, I did buy that floppy when it came out too, but it does give the pencils and then the uh, the inks and then also Tynan's script. And sometimes if I can, I want I kind of want to see like, hey, what got scrapped from, you know, first draft to the final product and actually in the script it was just for the first issue and not that much actually so i mean that's even more impressive i think uh when we get to talking about the story that basically i think what tynan wrote up like all of that made it into the story so i think that's a i mean hats off to him then he had a mm-hmm. vision and it was they were like yeah let's do this mm-hmm. now uh do you remember when you first read the story it was when it first came out you know okay. um, like you said this is a this is an easy one for me mm-hmm. uh yeah, I, I I live and breathe Batman, but again, I have so much love for the Turtles. And so I remember when they announced it, this was one where I was on the lookout for it. So yeah, I bought it issue by issue, month by month uh, in 2015 and into 2016 because yeah, I was, I was all in on it, but I hadn't revisited it since then. I read the sequel. <gasps> really? No, okay. dude, I have a hard enough time finding, <laughs> <I know. laughs> finding the time to read one a first time, let alone revisiting. Yeah. So I read the sequels which I, I don't know if I can say this, but I thought were just as good. I think all three of them are great. Oh, yeah. um, 
But uh, yeah, this was great because it gave me an excuse to go back to it. And it was fun to remember what was in it, what wasn't in it, uh, what made it into the animated version and what didn't, because all of that gets fuzzy because, mm-hmm. yeah, you read you read the sequels and then you watch the movie and you, you forget where everything came from. Yep, I'm with you. I read it was day one release get it and basically like that night each issue yeah. when it came out i was i was reading it because this was you know this was a dream uh and then lastly why batman teenage mutant ninja turtles when i asked if you'd like to come back do you remember <laughs> I do, no. do you remember our conversation Andy? <laughs> i no i don't um i i thought you picked it or maybe th- you gave me options and i said yeah that because i i knew i liked it yeah i think when it came down to it we we had a couple options to pick for your first uh, when you came on here. And then I think just somewhere in that discussion, it came up of like, maybe come back and do one in particular that we'll just, we won't even say, and, and, you know, and then if we can make it happen, we can't. And and it was this book. So I just, there's no epic story. It's just, Hey, I like Batman. You like Batman. I like turtles. You like turtles. Well, and I think I, good, I, right? I learned, okay. <laughs> I learned to not, uh, to not pick stories and, and propose them to you because every time I tried, you go, no, it's taken, it's taken, it's taken. And so that's why I was like, you just tell me then because yeah. then, <laughs> and so I think, yeah, you probably gave me some options. So I was like, yeah, Batman Ninja Turtles. Hell yeah. I love that one. I know. And and I think it's getting to a point now too, of like even some of my, some of those first books talked about like the long Halloween was the second episode that I did. And if I go back and listen to it now, I know I'm going to sound awful. <laughs> and I'm like, I think there's, there's, and I actually really kind of want to revisit it in conversation forum with our pal Rob Myers because he just read The Long Halloween for the first time last year. Oh wow! And then That's I think our, my schedule and his just it, it just hasn't met matched up to do it. But I'm like that'd just be a great perspective of somebody who just yeah. read this, you know, classic story for the first time. Um, I'd really like that. But anyways. We're not talking Long Halloween, and Lord knows I'd love to. But this book was actually first announced at San Diego Comic-Con in 2015. I remember the announcement. It's pretty sad that a man, uh, a 29-year-old man, about loses his freaking mind because of a comic book announcement. But I did. I, was, <laughs> I, I just didn't think it would it would happen because, you know, as you become an adult, you understand there's property or no, property rights and all that. And it's like, ah, uh, there's, there's no multiverse um that anybody's willing to pay for but it's a whole different world now in in this 21st century so the announcement i was extremely stoked about uh at that point i'd read some of tynan's stuff i surprisingly wasn't too familiar with freddie williams but then when they released started to release art it got me even more excited because i was just i was really feeling everything that they were selling before Mm -hmm. the book so do you remember the announcement very much or just the Not idea of really. it coming out? No, okay. I don't remember when I first heard about it. I just remember that when I heard about it, it was one of those things where I was like, ah, keep mm-hmm. an eye on the space because that's something I don't want to miss. It, it was yep. more that. But yeah, I don't remember it during Comic-Con. Um, I would have been at Comic-Con that year. So yeah, I, but there's so much news at Comic-Con that, yeah, it's, sure. it's almost overwhelming. So I don't remember the announcement, but I do remember whenever I did learn about it, I, I made a note. Um, I am a big Tynan fan. Uh, I, I will say, because um, <laughs> I know he's a bit divisive amongst Batman fans. Um, I will say I was I was a huge Tynan fan on his detective run, mm-hmm. um, but his Batman run, I understand why it didn't go over so well. Um, and I appreciated what he was doing, but I can't even I'm not even going to fight you on it for the people who don't like it. <laughs> um, 
Have you I listened to my episodes about his uh, Batman? <laughs> um, I tried to be honest and not yeah. and respectful. Yeah, but then I, like so I let's get it. skip over it. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I I really do like him, and I think a big part of that was again the detective run, um, mm-hmm. and then and then this. So that already had me excited. And you mentioned sure. uh, the artwork by Freddie Williams, and the artwork is so distinctive. Yeah, and I like you. I I didn't know his work. Um, I probably have seen it somewhere because it's unmistakable his his style. And I tend to not like overly stylized comic book artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but this I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. This totally for works for me. Oh yeah, like this style. It's so unique. It's so different. And traditionally, I probably wouldn't pick it, but I love it. I love it for these two together i love his design work i love the way i like the way he draws batman but i love the way he draws the turtles and it's such a cool distinctive style for this crossover and it gives it so much extra personality that i really love it yeah he so actually uh just a few months ago i did the resurrection of ra's al ghul which is a big batman crossover into all the other titles and and all that stuff and there was a robin issue that was illustrated by freddie williams and so this would have been circa 2000 2008 2007 and i didn't i just i didn't ryan here's a here's a hundred bucks. If you can guess the artist, I would have never guessed Freddie Williams. I thought it looked very different, but what I'm familiar with is this art, you know, and you know, that he's done crossovers. He did the, was it master of the universe and injustice? Was that one of the crossovers? Yeah, I think so. And and he just wrapped up uh, a like mighty Morphin power Rangers and Godzilla. Cause obviously why wouldn't you mash those two up? And (laughs) I think that's, and then he did a ton of, covers for like the i think the tmnt universe or something like that uh and so i just just think that's the route he's gone with his work since this and so that's why anything prior to this i i don't see it because like now it it is a i feel like it would be a goal for an artist that somebody can look at your piece and they know that it's yours without Mm -hmm. anybody telling them and i think we're at the point in this style that a lot of people could say oh that's freddie williams yeah. Oh, that's Freddie Williams. And I think a huge part of that, too, is the colorist, uh, Jeremy uh, Caldwell. Because even when you look and break down in this director's cut that does, you know, the the sketches and and I think with, with the inks, it's it's good, period. But there is something that almost looks and I think I, I read something of Williams had said, too, it's. Oh, it's not it's not watercolor but it's almost like it's a little bit, it seems like that's a little bit of the route that it goes. And I think it does just give some kind of unique uh, like texture look. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some kind of coloring that really makes it pop. And there are pages in this, in the story. And sometimes I think it's even in, in issue two, you have a really close up of the side of like Batman's face. And there's something about how good that looks in shading and it's sharpness. I don't contrast. I don't all of that stuff. And I think it's a, a huge part is the, the colorist so i think no i I think you're right um the the color is very dimensional there's a lot of shading there's a lot of nuance in the color and it makes everything more three-dimensional they 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 look like that there's mass there as opposed Mm -hmm. to drawings and i think that that 
does really set it apart. And I also think that the colors and the artwork both together, um, it almost gives it an animation flavor, which I think Mm -hmm. is so suitable for this, especially with the turtles. Um, And I think that also just really plays into this type of story of, of making it almost look like an animated series. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, Because it feel like an animated series Uh, in looking some stuff up and seeing if Tynan gave many interviews and he actually surprisingly, he didn't give too many interviews about this, but one thing that he did say, and like, it was a quick like DC all access video or something answered a couple questions. And he said that he really wanted to make like this Batman and this vibe kind of feel Batman, the animated series in the Mm -hmm. sense of it is serious, but there's also a little almost like playfulness with it to where this Batman can bounce off the turtles when they're being a little humorous and he's not being like, you know, Mr. Jokester, but he can, you know, he can smile, he can Mm. smirk, he can make like a comment or two, but then when the threat's back, like he is serious. And I think that he did match that kind of tone like very, very well. I think it is, you know, it's, I think this is like a good PG 13 story because Mm. there is enough lightheartedness as well as enough seriousness. Yeah, I agree. And I I do think you're right. He found the right balance for the turtles and for Batman, where the turtles are definitely the turtles we know from animation, from comics and everything. But they're maybe just a tiny bit more. They're taken a little bit more seriously than I think that especially like the classic animated series would be um, to get, you know, just to kind of nudge them more into Batman's world. And you're right. It just lightens up Batman just a touch to get him a little bit closer to the turtles world. And I think it's a perfect balance because they all still feel like exactly how they should. All the characterizations are spot on, um, but they also feel like then they can belong together. And I think that he, he threaded that needle just perfectly. Yeah, so you said into Batman's world, and I'm really glad. Of course, we didn't know that we were going to get three volumes of Batman TMNT. We thought we'd struck gold. We were getting six six issues, and then that was it. So I'm glad they came to Gotham for this first story Mm -hmm. because there's just, you know, there's so much history. And of course, we're both Batman fans. It's like there's so much fun Gotham, so many fun toys in Gotham. Let's see, let's see uh, them all play together. And I think. If anything, in reading this, I think that Tynan wrote a very, very sharp script in the sense of main characters. Like, it's a lot to take if you're going to do a Ninja Turtle story as it is, because at bare Mm -hmm. minimum, you're going to have four characters. And these are four characters now that are over 35 years old Mm -hmm. and their personalities are very distinct. But if you hit them, like, I can follow any Ninja Turtle story as long as the characters are the characters. Then put them in any setting and I'll go along for the ride and see see how it works out. And on top of that, now you're also throwing in Batman. So it's like you've got to match five characters for it by accepting this assignment. And I think all this, I think the story is tight and everything works. Yeah. Like in reading this, I don't see anywhere where it's like, wait, what? You know, it's just everything kind of just snowballs, you know, and I'm glad that we open up in the fact of how the turtles got here, why they're here, why Shredder and the Foot Clan is here, why they're sticking around, how that continues to clash. All of it just make like it works for the story. I think it all adds up. There's no mm. holes. I mean, did you have any that you can even think of in reading it again? Since this is Not almost really. like a new first, almost like another first read for you since it's been 
a few years. Yeah, in a lot of ways it was, but I, I think you're right. I think that uh, he definitely balances all the characters. Not only does he get the characterizations right, but everyone gets something to do. Yeah. Um, And then he continues through all six issues, finding ways to incorporate even more. So even though it takes place in Gotham and we've got the Turtles and Splinter who are in Gotham, it's really focused on those five characters from the Turtles universe. And then you've got Batman. And I love the way he weaves in different villains like Killer Croc in the opening or the Penguin and how the Penguin teams up with the Shredder and then ends up regretting it. And (laughs) and, uh, eventually Ra's al Ghul. Um, And so like, he weaves these Batman elements in throughout, but he continues to find ways to do it through all six issues where it always feels organic. It never feels like just shoving it in, um, leading to uh, an amazing climax that I think is is ingenious, the way what it builds to and the way the story all pays off. Um, but yeah, like balancing that many characters is hard enough. And you would kind of think, oh, Okay, he only brought the turtles and Splinter to, to Gotham, so he wouldn't have to worry about the rest of the turtles universe. But he still finds a way to pay uh, some lip service to Krang. And then later on, you've got Casey and April still show up. And so it's a big order to fill, but I feel like in his writing, he he found the perfect way to do it where you don't feel shortchanged by any of it. And you're right, if if we were only going to get this first one, it checks all the boxes you want from this crossover. And then the fact that we got two more was just a bonus. Absolutely. Checks all the boxes. And because, and we'll get there uh, soon for sure, the finale, which, I mean, I didn't even know that I had those boxes yeah. ready to be yeah. checked. When, <laughs> I mean, when the finale happens and what, what happens happens, which I don't know why we're dancing around it, but I, I, I don't just know either. Case, just in case. Um, it's, you know what? To uh, hell with it. Spoil it. Let's go right yeah, to the end. Yes. Okay. So the fact that the whole thing culminates <laughs> in Arkham uh-huh. with all of the rogues gallery being transformed into mutant animals. Oh my gosh. It's so obvious that it's genius because none of us thought of it. Yeah. Like, like when that happens, you're like, of course, of course, that's where this should be going. <laughs> that makes all the sense in the world. How do you combine the Ninja Turtles and the Batman universe? Uh, you make the, the rogues gallery mutants themselves. Oh, my God. Duh. And it's so perfect. And it's played so well. And it's it's again, you don't even see it coming. And then you're mad at yourself for not seeing it coming, at least the first time I read it. Um and yeah, I just thought I just thought it was brilliant. And again, they bring in, uh, you know, they bring in Damien at just the right moment in the story. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like like the way it builds really. And they found the perfect story to tell with these characters and the ticking clock of the of the mutagen um, kind yeah. of the mutagen is essentially failing in their bodies because they're now in, in a different universe. Um, it's all really smart. And it like you said, the the finale of the mutant villains it wasn't even on our radar. And then when it happens, you go, that's, that's the perfect way to end this. And that's why you're the writer. And exactly. And to even add on to that already being such a good ending, the animals that the villains are is like moi chef's kiss. Like the Riddler's a fox. Penguin's a penguin. (laughs) Mad Hatter's a rabbit. (laughs) The casting of the animal is perfect. You're right. The Riddler being a fox. I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's that's exactly what he should be. You know, Harley being a hyena. Joker being a snake. Mr. Freeze being the polar bear. Yeah. Scarecrow being a crow. Like, 
just spot on. You got a couple more. Keep going. You got this. Oh, uh, you've got Bane as an elephant, right? Yes. Uh, you've uh-huh. got, oh, uh, the ventriloquist is an owl? A uh, parrot. Oh, is he the a parrot? parrot. But okay. he, you get like. He's just in the outskirts, so you can't exactly. I really see him very well. Um, is that everybody? You've got one more. One oh, Poison Ivy coin. is the praying Oh, mantis. no, two more. Sorry. Yeah, Poison Ivy is praying yeah. mantis. And then one who flips a coin. Oh, and then Two Face is a baboon. Yes, there you go. Yes. Got him. Bam. Yeah. So it would. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like the casting for each of the animals is perfect. The big finale is is so satisfying, um, and the way they and the way that Tynan really connects the universes. And again, you saw it translated to the animated film eventually. But like Alfred and Michelangelo bouncing off each other is so fun. It's yeah. so entertaining. Batman and Leonardo like having this bond in like learning to be the best fighters where it starts where they're at odds. And then it eventually becomes a sparring match where they're learning from each other is really cool too. So like he also found these great character moments between the turtles and Batman's and Batman's cast um, to just have these really great interactions that you would want from a crossover like this. Yeah, exactly. And like the, the subplots, you know, they work out really well because I think I've heard you mention this before, but which which turtle is your favorite? Leonardo. OK, my favorite. Can you guess? Um, I I can't because I could I, I could see a case for multiple ways. Raphael. Yeah. OK. And I that mean, surprises a lot of people. Yeah. But let, but I will I'll explain because in real life, who would I probably hang with of the four the most? Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. He's the party dude. Yeah. I find Raph to be the most interesting. Raph is always impulsive. Mm-hmm. Raph is usually he's almost like a like Shane from The Walking Dead of like he can spit the truth that nobody really wants to hear, but everybody's kind of thinking it. Mm-hmm. He just acts emotionally. And then it's almost like every story with Raph and people can look down of like, man, he's a dick and he's a dick. Like every story, he's like, he ends up growing. Yeah. You know? And also, who do I want to, if I need a bodyguard, which of the four would I want? Raphael. <laughs> like he he would whip some ass. So it's really funny because uh, actually like as kids, Raph was my favorite and Leonardo was my brother's favorite. And who always fought? Raph and Leo. And yep. my brother and I always fought. And it's like that's almost almost a trope that happens in all Ninja Turtle stories is the bickering of those two. But you can almost see like who has the strongest bond of the four. You know, it's those two. And it's present in this story, too. And mm-hmm. I don't think by having that of Raph, I think a look of him in the story could be like, oh, classic Raphael. He's grumpy and he's blah, blah, blah. But you already mentioned there's a ticking, you know, the ticking clock. We realize now the anxiousness of the story. Because if they don't get back, they're going to die or not, not die. They're going to turn back just into normal, regular turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, and Raphael's realizing this ticking clock and he's starting to see everybody else is like happy go lucky. And Leo now at one point, and I really like this moment too, where Leonardo calls Batman, sir, you know, and he's just like, are you kidding me? Because I, <laughs> and I just Raph's voice. If I'm not hearing the original cartoon voice, then I'm hearing the the 1990 live action movie. Yeah. Okay. Leo, you know, Um, I I will say, sorry, just to that point real quick is 
I know that a writer has nailed the voices of characters when I can literally hear the voices. Yeah. And when reading this, I heard all the turtles voices as I was reading it. Oh yeah. And so again, that's why I feel like the characterization was so spot on. And you're right. When Raphael has his outburst, I'm hearing that voice from the 1990 film. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's plain as day. And what's funny is yeah, for the turtles, I'm a Leonardo guy. Like, Normally, I don't like the straight-laced goody two-shoes, but for some reason with Leo, I do. Mm-hmm. But you're right, they, the series, and to your point, for 35 years now, um, has always gotten the most dramatic content from that brotherly rivalry and yeah. conflict and uh, eventually love. That That always tends to be the core of a lot of these stories is the butting of heads and eventually the understanding between Leo and Raph. I just feel like he he has the most interesting stories mm-hmm. because he's always he's kind of always the one that lets the his temper get the best of him. So he's got, you know, he's got a an uphill battle in some regard, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that's why I always in red. That was that's my favorite color too, red. So when you're a okay. kid, of course, it's like, <laughs> hey, of, of these four colors, what's your favorite color? And that's your turtle. Well, um, and, and I think that's probably why Leo was my favorite as a kid. Is I, I blue, blue, because blue. Oh, but it's so funny you're talking about like this big moment, and when it happened, as I was reading it, my first reaction, my knee jerk reaction, was that like, Raph, don't be a dick, yeah. because so many times he can be because he doesn't oh, think yeah. he, you know, he he leads with his emotions, he leads with his temper, but that's. That's why writers like having fun with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my reaction, but I love where it leads. Yeah. Um, and it made me love that whole part. And it's arg- arguably the best part of the story is Raph essentially becomes an annoying Twitter user and calling out <laughs> Batman and blaming, blaming Batman for just being a, a rich playboy <laughs> thrill seeker. Um, he was ahead of the times. Yeah. Um, and, and Batman reaching out and being like come with me i want i want you to understand why i do what what i do and it's, it's definitely such... a nod to the 1990 movie how raps in the trench coat and hat right like oh, gotta yeah. be yeah, yeah, yeah. gotta be okay sorry to interrupt carry on uh no no that's okay so but like the, for that to happen where raf essentially makes the argument um of all these people who want to get twitter cred for criticizing batman sure uh and then Batman going, no, c- come with me. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to tell your brothers that we talked. I just want you to understand. And he takes him to crime alley and he explains what happened to him. And he explains because of that, he had to grow stronger and he wants to make sure that nobody ever has to go through that again. And we, as actual Batman fans, we all understand all this, but mm-hmm. I love that it's written into the story. And again, that's, I mean, that's why I'm a Tynan fan because he has these great Batman moments that really get to the core of who Batman is. Um, at least in some of his stories, we'll put it that way. <laughs> um, that, but this is a perfect example of like, no, he he gets it, um, and we're to the point where he turns Raph around, and in the end, the two of them have this really great bond uh, that it leaves on a very sweet note between them. And I thought that was so well done because it is very much what Raph would do, and it's also very much what Batman would do of being like, no, you need to understand and let me teach you. And they find that mutual respect, and I think that's the probably the best thing about the story aside from all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned, so that's issue four, the moment of him taking him to crime alley and yeah. uh, Freddie Williams, actually uh, he even commented that that, that cover, um, I don't know if you can like picture it in your head. It's the one of where it is almost like the ghost of yeah. you know, Grace mm-hmm. ba- uh, child Bruce 
um in that alley and then the characters are all behind him and stuff and uh the artist williams he said that that was his favorite cover to do of this it's it's great it's really great yeah that's i mean that's definitely that's a big high point of the story and i think there it's it is a big moment in the in the story because it's selling wrath on Mm -hmm. on um batman's history and that he's not you know and he's he's not grumpus from then on either he's all in on this and the the brotherly bond and the fight and all that stuff so like it is a big turning point as far as the turtles go for the story uh on the villain side um i found a, a very seemed almost obvious dark knight rises connection in the sense of shredder kidnapped a doctor the only doctor that knows how this specific scientific thing operates mm-hmm. and then that doctor sadly gets killed by the villain so now yeah, they don't yeah. know how to redo or you know or anything like that just in reading it i can't tell you the first time i read it if i ever thought it, it was just reading it this time i'm like oh that seems very dark Knight rises which, hey, you know, fine. I didn't even think about it, but you're right. Like now that you pointed out, I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. I guess because the doctor <laughs> felt so minor in this that I didn't pay a lot of attention to him. Sure. Um, but now that you pointed out, yeah, it's a great point. It's a good, I don't know. It's a decent connection. And a couple other things that popped up to me. There's one, I think in the opening pages, the TV's talking about basically setting up that, uh, you know, doing a little exposition on things being, you know, uh, robbed from, and the powers industrial that's got to be Derek powers a Derek powers nod <laughs> yeah, right yeah <laughs> i mean it's not it's not relevant but i think if if you if you're aware i mean i don't know it just seemed like it was i think that pizza scene is great at the very beginning as we're teased the turtles a little bit i think one thing that tiny could have done is said you know the thought bubble and like pizza dude's got 30 seconds uh. and then the pizza dude comes <laughs> i just it's just a, a small note. Um, let's talk about Shredder and how freaking badass he looks. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, is this suit awesome. I think it's drawn awesome. I think the coloring is awesome. He, like, man, he just looks, he looks great. And I think something that, I think what Tynan did in constructing the story is that this story can fit in with what was going on monthly in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that comic, which I read a lot of that comic to start off, and then I just fell off, but it was actually, it was really, really good. Um, but then also there's something specifically, I think, in happening with Damien at the time he was overseas and for some reason or whatever, but he constructed the story to where this doesn't, uh, what, you, what do you want to say? It doesn't contradict. There you go. Thank you. Contradict either universes. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. just a good little detour for them i'm not wasn't current current enough with you know ninja turtles or damien because side note i don't like damien sorry eric carter but uh i just wasn't really familiar with that but i think that's i don't know that's cool that works uh ninja turtle comic expert mm-hmm. you can tell me <laughs> if it works like if it works story-wise but it also we've already mentioned about things making sense so much of course, Razagul would not uh, sit on the sidelines of somebody coming, like other ninjas coming to try mm-hmm. and take over Gotham. So it only makes sense at the end of issue three that that, that he's on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, 
No, I agree. And again, I, I thought it was really well done the way he incorporated, you know, Killer Croc, then the Penguin, then Ra's al Ghul, and then everyone else at the end. But Ra's al Ghul is such a great partner for the Shredder because mm-hmm. they are similar enough uh, that it is a team up that makes sense. And you're right. He is also the type who is keeping tabs on everything. So it would be very natural for him to go, what's going on in Gotham? I need to find out. And then he sees an opportunity for himself. So it's a team up that I think really works dramatically. And I loved the whole thing about, I loved when Splinter was like, Batman, you can't underestimate the shredder. He goes, I won't. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, you already are. Um, and here's why. And then the fact that they're both going to double cross each other and at the same time, but they're still <laughs> partners. Like it's a very, it's very well done because they're looking out for each other, but they're still working together. And they've come to a place where they've decided, no, we're just going to, we're just going to take over the world one by one by, and we're starting here in Gotham and it, it actually works really well where their goals overlap in a way that you buy the partnership. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And surprisingly, they don't clash, which yeah. I'm glad that yeah. they didn't do uh, that. Tynan didn't do that because that almost seems too predictable of like, Oh, villains teaming up together. How long until, you know, they start to fight each other. I don't know. That just felt. And of course there's tons of comic book stories where it doesn't happen, but it does seem like a familiar trope almost when it, mm. when they it does happen. So it was, I don't know, it was nice. It was nice to see the villains get along, you know? Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, and earlier on where the Shredder basically used the Penguin for what he needed and was like, well, sorry, you know, there's no money, peace. Um, and I love that the Penguin then was like, wait a minute, you know? And so he starts playing both sides. So mm-hmm. you get more of it there where the Shredder kind of just uses the Penguin for what he needs, whereas he meets his, his match in Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned, I mentioned Shredder's design. I, I totally skipped over. What did you think of Batman's design? What do you I think really, of the bat suit? I really like it. Um, it's a little bulkier than I prefer. I like a, I like a leaner Batman. Same. Um, so there's a little bit, you know, there's a little too much armor, if you will. But that said, I still think it's a really good design. That's why I said I like how Batman looks, but I love the way the turtles look in this. And I think it's because just he, the the suit looks just a little too armory. But that's a minor, a minor thing. Overall, I think he looks really good. I will also say, oh, well, let me ask you. Okay. How do you feel about the Batmobile in this? Um, It's, it's a Batmobile through and through uh it looks very animated series uh i'm trying to find a good picture so that that's accurate i think it yeah i think it's very animated series hmm okay go ahead look look more okay because there's a main batmobile in the story that looks very much its own thing oh the first looks like a it looks like a monster it looks like a creature Okay, yeah, that one um, I do not like as much as the second one. And then the second one is the animated series one that the turtles steal later on. Yes, okay, thank you. Because, yeah, as I'm flipping through that, I'm like, wait, I thought that I had a comment about the Batmobile. But, yeah, going up to the front one, which ends up getting destroyed because they throw uh, Raph, Batman basically kicks or throws Raph into it or something to start off. But, yeah, that one, I mean, that's like a, it's almost like blending parts of like the forever Batmobile with like the 1940s from the comic that has the big bat head on the front. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad okay. it got destroyed. I, I didn't, okay. I didn't love it to be honest. What'd you, you know, think? I, I, when I saw it, it was one of those where I was like, huh? 
because it's so different. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it because <laughs> it, it looks literally like a bat, like a bat creature that's almost folded up and now it's a car. Um, so it's one of the more organic animalistic Batmobiles that I think I've ever seen. And it is so unique and it's really weird, but I think I really like it because it's, it's so different. You know, like I appreciate that they really went out on a limb and did a Batmobile truly unlike you'd ever seen. Um, And then I appreciate the callback to the animated series one that comes later, but Yeah. yeah, like it's super weird. And I could see that it's not, I could see why it would not be everyone's cup of tea, but I like it because it is so weird. <laughs> I've heard your comments on Batmobiles before that you, I think you could definitely look at this one and, and you could say like, oh, that's a Batmobile. Mm, it's yeah. easily identifiable that that's a Batmobile. Yeah. In which that I can't argue. Um, I just, uh, of them all, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm not too wild about the design. Um, yeah. Well, and then again, I could totally see that because it's, it's, I mean, they, they certainly went, they did. They didn't just go the safe route, you know. They went something mm-hmm. completely different, and so that's what I was curious. Yeah, I because I, I could see it going both ways, but yeah, I think that like after that initial like, huh, weird. Uh, I was kind of like, no, I think I dig it, especially because it of just the style of the book overall. Um, I appreciated that it it's something very unique that they did just for this story. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I I do have a list of written down of, you know, asking about specific designs, but for some reason I didn't write down the Batmobile. So, uh teamwork. Yay. Uh, let me yeah, ask you, I think you you've already commented on the Turtles designs. I think they're I think they look great. I think they I, look amazing, you know. Same. Yeah. And yep. and really most of the characters I think look great in this. I I don't think I I mean even uh the Joker before he becomes the Snake Joker is a great look for the Joker. When you see him in the cell in Arkham, he looks amazing. I'm like, yes, like that's that's a great looking Joker. And you don't get a lot of the rogues gallery prior to their animal mutations. But what you do see, even they look really good. So, I mean, it goes back to to the artwork in general is. Whenever anything is the stylized, you kind of have to adjust. Uh, But Mm -hmm. as soon as I'm used to it, I'm like. I think everyone looks great. I think Casey Jones looks great. I think Ra's al Ghul looks great. I like the way he draws the penguin as like a really small guy with sharp teeth. Like I, I like that too. Like, I think that generally everyone looks really good. Yeah, I think so too. And with the turtles, did you know that they're supposed to be uh, under five feet, under five foot each? Um, I mean, I didn't really think about it, but I guess that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, I would have never thought of it, but again and i'm just reading all this as if i'm you know i know all these things no i'm reading words of that one of the creators said but, okay i mean williams he'd said that too of he was like he says um it's in this deluxe edition it says okay apparently the turtles are all supposed to be shorter than five feet tall as big of a tmnt fan as i was i honestly never knew this i didn't either but he just kind of felt like i think the dimensions were kind of off if he really was to draw them you know 4 foot something mm-hmm. so he just says you know maybe in the dimensional transfer to the dc universe they all jumped up 8 inches or something <laughs> yeah i'll go with yeah. that you know who might argue yeah i because mean I think honestly yeah, they, they've great. always <laughs> they've always seemed pretty average height to me they're they're certainly not tall but yeah i don't expect them to be that small either so i think that's a that's a deep cut and i don't think most people would care there you go as long as you learned something today and it's, we've all what? grown. <laughs> That's great. Uh, lasting design wise, what do you think about the intimidator suit? You know, I don't love it. 
that's that's one where i was like it honestly first of all i feel like it's a story element that's kind of unnecessary yeah because it you know it's like okay i guess sure uh, you know i guess he's always working on new suits but i feel like it it, it factors so little into the story by the end and i don't mm-hmm. love the way it looks especially the weird green and purple visor that's the thing that really throws me off i mean it, his helmet gets knocked off pretty quickly so i think it looks better once it's batman's real head and just the armor uh because then it makes a little more sense but yeah like yeah, it's kind of kind of a weird random detail that we didn't need anyway, and I don't love the design. Yep, I don't. That's a this story is like knocks everything out of the park for me. That if I were asked by Tynan, I'd be like, didn't need the Intimidator suit. I think Batman, it's it's stronger for the story. Batman fights Shredder one on one. You know, like yeah. he doesn't need the yeah. extra help. And also, I'm not. I mean, I feel like that's happened before with stuff of you know shredder gets all mecca with you know covered in that stuff and i was like eh, it's less appealing to me when it gets the, the more and more of that it seems too robotic and now i'm just watching robots fight i don't need like let me see shredder get defeated by batman and the ninja turtles for that matter like without the extra and it's yeah the another thing that's kind of ugly i think which is funny because it's just like black and gray but yeah didn't need it but also kind of like you said it's so it's so quick and it's yeah it feels like it comes and goes so so. quick that i just i don't even know why you bother or not you but i don't know why they bothered (laughs) i don't know why i bother either but ryan what'd you do um no (laughs) it's yeah it's just sort of a random detail that that was unnecessary and yeah it's that weird green and purple visor so bizarre to me yep um i will say the turtles versus Roz is really great though yes like like batman and shredder fight is awesome it's as it should be you just don't need the the robot suit but then the turtles all taking on Roz and fighting together is is really great and i, mm-hmm. I love that yeah switching up because we've seen batman fight Roz. we've seen the turtles fight shredder so let's do a quick uh quick flip plot oh yeah and i that's mean why and, we bought and that's, tickets. that's as it should be exactly yeah uh quickly i think you said you mentioned earlier about hearing the voices of the characters in reading. Mm-hmm. Almost the most prevalent is Mikey's. Yeah. Uh, because in hearing some stuff. So there's one when they come, I think it's when they come into contact with. Yeah. With um killer Crocs dudes. And Mikey's like, we're aliens, brah, spooky aliens. I'm like, was that something that was said in the live action TMNT movie? Like in the or sorry, like the the Platinum Dunes ones, like twenty fourteen. Did Mikey say that, or was it from the Batman TMNT like cartoon movie? Because I feel like, and then I'm like, am I projecting? Am I just hearing Mike's Mikey's voice and thinking I've actually heard it before as he says says that? But I just feel like a little bit of spooky aliens, bro. You know that sort of (laughs) deal. I can just hear it, and I like it. I think you're right. Chuckle. Yeah, I think you're right. It's in one of those things most likely the animated adaptation i think but i think i hear that the michael bay produced ones i think i hear that voice more but i don't know that but then also after they fight i think it's done really well in the animated movie but when mikey comes you know busting into the pizza place um right on character you know everybody run there's a crazy guy in a bat suit trying to kill us and people are like ah, oh, and he goes i know right really sweet oh hey these are heavy anchovies anchovies distracted by pizza because of course mikey mm-hmm. is he gets those moments mm-hmm. and then he makes 
And then later on, when the, you know, when they all separate and he makes this chart of why Batman's awesome and why he's not so awesome or he's less awesome. That's like, one of my favorite bits. And I'm like, so I, I love that bit. Yeah. It's so funny why he's awesome, why he's not awesome. Um, and it's it's it makes sense why it made it into the animated film because it's hysterical. I love him. Like his little love affairs with the elements of Gotham is so funny. And then they even amp it up in the animated version. But yeah, him him being enraptured with uh with Batman. And I feel like there was someone else that he he's like, oh, this guy's great. And I can't remember who it is, but I feel like it was it was one of the villains. Yeah, I can't I can't remember that either. I mean, in just like the the graph of like the awesome, because then it's also there's just such a like genuineness and innocence with Mikey, you know. Yes. I think kind of always. And with this underneath awesome, why Batman's awesome is rad suit, little bat throwy things, capes, electro car. Not awesome, kicked our butts, mean voice, stole Raph's sigh. Like it's almost like the capper on it is is like the funniest one and almost like the most childish of like, well, he stole his thing. And I it's it's perfect for Mikey. Yes. Um, oh, that's what it was. Mikey also loved Mr. Freeze polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. He goes, he goes, it's a polar bear with an ice gun. How cool is that? And it looks like he's trying to hug him, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> he's just full, full, nothing, but big old smile. And then he gets to, you know, he gets to ride on the, the dinosaur in the back cave. Yes. Yes. But he loves that. That's awesome. a great moment. So, I mean, yep. this I, strength in this is, I mean, maybe you can feel like, Williams is a big fan of Ninja Turtles. I mean, I guess I just read that he was, but I think by the story and all of these elements in the in the story and the dialogue and stuff, I think you just feel, you know, Tynan's one of us. He bleeds green oh, as well. Totally. Like totally. loves the Ninja Turtles. And it's just it's I think it's really fun the story through and through from front to back is just I don't know, better than I think I ever could have asked for. Like I already said, like yeah. I didn't know that there were other boxes that I needed checked, and those were checked as well. So that's me all gush, you know, gushing. Is there anything that I maybe that we haven't brought up yet that you've been waiting to to talk about? No, I mean I, I agree with you. It's so obvious that Tynan is not only a huge Batman fan, but also a huge Turtles fan, and this feels like almost a dream project for someone like him because of how he celebrates both worlds and all the characters and matches up the right characters at the right time and has so much fun with the interactions and so for people like us who also love both when we're reading it we're like this is all we could want from a batman ninja turtles crossover they have nailed it and uh yeah it's it's terrific i i think as we said the the writing is great the artwork is great to your point the coloring really brings it all to life and and brings it all together uh it's a great story and and I'm glad that it was so successful that we got a continuation because I remember reading this in that first run and going, damn, this is good. And so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you gave me an excuse to go back and revisit it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, now we come to the point where I hit you with a couple of questions. Oh, okay. One is, and I think I, I promised this to you, Andy, what is your purpose in the universe? <laughs> just kidding. What? Self-analyzation. <laughs> Let's talk about Batman and then I die. That's there you go. I mean, that's, yeah. that's decent. I mean, that's not, that's not bad. Um, no. <laughs> what is your favorite part of this story? Oh, I think, I think, uh, I really do think it's when Batman takes Raph to crime alley. I think that is the highlight as far as like the, the strongest emotional beat in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I, but I also think the most pure fun is the finale of Batman, Robin, and the Ninja Turtles taking on 
a menagerie of supervillains who've all been turned into animals. So there was this movie in 1991. Um, a supporting actor was Gary Busey. The movie was called Point Break. And Gary Busey <laughs> okay. said, Utah, give me two. Yeah. Because that's mine <laughs> as well. Um, more so just because I think it is a small scene, but it's two of my favorite characters that I I don't remember a time in my life that I didn't like these characters. That I wasn't like obsessed with them. Raph's always been my favorite Ninja Turtle. And he's sitting like he's in this scene with Batman, who is Batman, you know, and it's just it's a small scene that has a lot of weight to it. And as we already mm-hmm. kind of discussed, it's a big turning point for those two in the story. Um, And a s- big action is always awesome. You do need breaks from big action and you do need like, you know, a good foundation for a story and i think that 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 part is a really good foundation of the story it does affect a lot before and after like that moment so i think that's why i do yeah i love the arkham fight i love the fight when they first uh clash of uh the turtles and batman and all that but i do i i think off the top of my head i would say that like this scene as well mm-hmm. uh how about a favorite panel even tougher question oh my god how dare you um dude um (laughs) i want i mean i I don't think this is the final answer but there is a really great panel of um the ninja turtles on top of the bat signal on the roof damn it (laughs) is that it is that the correct answer did i do okay andy there's this movie in 1991 where gary Busey is (laughs) (laughs) i have that written down right here issue four wait is it issue four yeah pages two and three yeah okay. i mean finish okay. up sorry i interrupted you but yeah no I mean, no just i it's i mean if i'd have if i'd have known this question was coming um i would have thought harder about it but on the fly that was the one that sprung to mind yep is is because it looks so great and what do they say do we look like headaches to you something like that but they just look great i just love that moment yeah that's issue that's issue five um shame on me but anyways yes it's i think i love panels and apologies to whoever's listening to me say the same thing over and over but panels that are just no context and you could kind of just have a lot of fun in your mind creating your own story with it mm-hmm. and we never if we never got this series and somebody and freddie williams just you know tweeted out or put on Instagram this image, like my mind would go bananas. Yeah, I would be like, oh my God, it's the turtles there in Gotham. It's the bats. And I think, yeah, the coloring just looks great. Batman looks like badass as always, you know, and then Gordon's there just kind of like, what the hell have I gotten my life into? <laughs> yeah. You know, per, you know, par for the course. And I mean, this reminds me, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I'm such a sucker for the Ninja Turtles. I liked the, the, uh, 2014 Ninja Turtles movie and this was this reminds me of that of like Leo when he lands down in front of April on the building or something like that and the camera kind of goes up it just makes me think of that too and I and like I don't know I just uh, that's why it's my favorite panel yeah I think everything about it is great I like Uh, those new movies too I don't think they're the best thing ever but I I like them well enough um I'll give an honorable mention since I stole your answer is there's also one it's the same issue um 
it's when Batman and Robin, they take the Batwing to Arkham and it's a shot of them um, jumping out of the Batwing. Mm -hmm. And it's just this really great shot of like Batman in the foreground and as they're falling and the, the, the imaginary camera is looking up and Robin's behind him. That's another really great image. Did you play Arkham Origins? No. Okay. Uh, Arkham Origins, you got to, there were just points where you could you needed to get from this distance back to the cave and vice versa and stuff and you go to this point and then it was like the transition video would almost be like you dropping out of the planet it looked like this and that's actually an image i thought of I'm like oh my god that's like the arkham origins image oh okay um, cool it i mean that was a, a very wordy way to just be like hey it reminds me of arkham origins but there you go <laughs> there's some there's some extra context uh this is also the the third question is Usually, would you like to see this book adapted in animation? Well, we're in a lovely place in nerddom where that has happened. And, and it is one, and of, one of my favorites. Oh, it is one of the most fun Batman movies. And I think it is up there. The 1990 live action Turtles movie beats it, but it's right on its heels for, an, for a Turtles movie. Yeah. No, I, I, I am with movie. you. Um, we recently uh, on Holy Batcast. Well, maybe it wasn't that recently anymore. A few months ago. We, <laughs> it was this we, year. Probably. It was this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, we ranked the Batman animated movies and that one came in really high um, from, from the fan vote. Mm -hmm. But it also came in really high for both me and Brendan and I think Jamie or maybe Jamie wasn't in that. No, Jamie wasn't in that one. Um it was with actually it was with Eric and Joe from fire rises. Like mm -hmm. it came in really high for all of us um, because it's, it's so good. Um, they took enough elements and the best elements from this story. They also, I think streamlined it a little bit, I think, which was smart, which is they didn't go the whole, Oh, there's a portal to a multiverse. They didn't, they didn't go down that road. It's just, no, they're just all in the yeah. same world. Just simplify it. Um, but it is a great, adaptation of the story they carry over a lot of the best stuff they add some of their own stuff which is good i think bringing in batgirl to be a foil for donatello was really smart i think that's if, if any character is underserved in the story i do think it's donatello mm -hmm. um um and i and i think that they solved that with the movie by bringing in batgirl of going oh now he has his own bat counterpart that they can bounce off of each other i thought that was really clever um and so, yeah, the the animated movie is is terrific. It's it's one of the best of the best. And my only complaint is they tease a sequel, and we still haven't seen yeah. one. And I'm mad. Same, yeah. Uh, and I think it did. I mean, it did about what a lot of the the successful straight to you know video DC movies do. Uh, the last that I like looked is you know, I mean, it made over. I think it was like what I saw was like around like three and a half million. Mm -hmm. but no those are just on physical disc sales so it's yeah, more I, than that i, feel like, was I like, feel like it's not about how successful it was i think my hunch is it's more about the deal with nickelodeon like how do they sure. like what was the deal did they reach an impasse about doing another one you know because as you said at the very beginning crossovers get tricky when you get lawyers involved and who yeah. knows if that was the issue yep yeah i would i would love somehow they can make they could make that work to do a follow-up yeah, because they just as much as i liked this book like i liked the movie just as much uh i think on the the youtube channel actually a few months ago i mean uh 
pal Garrett, we did a, a page to screen of comparing the book to to the movie, like what was different and what was the same and how that was. So, I mean, um, anybody listening, you can go and check that out. But I mean, with that, we just sung the praises of that of that movie. And oh, my gosh. And I remember it was it's a horror. It's still too soon. Uh, was sitting down with Ryan Haas and a few others. I don't remember who it was to record a podcast about to review the movie. And literally right when he was saying, all right, um, get ready. I'm going to hit record now. My, my building lost power for the night. And so they had to go on without me. So I was like, Oh my God, my two worlds are uniting. (laughs) And I was literally about 10 seconds away from starting to record. And for no reason, the building lost power overnight. Curses. It, and I I always say, do you know that that yes, curses. The uh Anthony Anderson gif of him just like crying on a couch. Yes. I, I think that was me. And so I was like, I could the next hours I'm just laying in bed and you know, pitch blackness. I'm like, they're talking about I mean, THU it's journal like and I'm not there. This is so wrong. The universe is cruel, but we rectified it a little bit, I think. Um enough with that. I mean, do you have that's, I mean, to wrap it up then, Andy, do you have anything left to say about any of this? I feel like before I asked you the favorites part, you kind of wrapped it up, but I didn't mean to, I didn't No, uh, it's I, okay. I forgot there were questions at the end, but, no, it's okay. no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just, I, I think we're very much on the same page. This is an amazing crossover with some of our favorite characters um, and two worlds that I have loved. It sounds like you have loved for the majority of your life and seeing them come together in a way and having it work so well. Um, in comic book form and then eventually in animation and in a couple of sequels was just such a gift for fans gift uh, for fans of batman for fans of ninja turtles i think they nailed it across the board you know with aside from the little nitpick of the the weird intimidator suit but whatever like everything else is everything (laughs) else is so damn good i don't even care um this is a great it's a great great story it's a great book um and it's great content like celebrating the characters and the worlds that we love so it was so fun revisiting it because it's terrific and if this gets more people to check it out or to revisit it i think we've done our job because it's absolutely worth a revisit yep uh same and it's easier now to get to comics than maybe it's ever been Mm -hmm. uh and i'm really happy that this is on dc universe infinite but i mean I don't know if if you've lasted this long and you haven't read it. I I still don't think that we've ruined it to where you don't need to read it now. I mean, you'll and it's kind of I mean, it's kind of a breeze of a read. Oh, yeah. You, know, you could you could do two sittings probably. That's that's um, what I did. I did the first three issues before bed last night, and it took me about 45 minutes. There you go. And then I did the the last three to this morning while my baby was napping and it took me another 45 <laughs> minutes. So uh, I had to break it up because uh, that's just the way it goes when you have a baby in the house. But yeah. yeah, like you said, it's a very easy, breezy read and just super entertaining. Very entertaining. And it looks it looks great. And, and it's beautiful. You're right. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Excellent stuff. So uh, I'd say we'll we'll close the book on that one. And Andy, I thank you again, sir, for for coming back onto the Batman Book Club and to talk about such a great fun uh fun book thank you for the invite it was my pleasure i'm glad we made it work and i'm glad it was a a book that we shared so much love for yeah absolutely so i mean i don't feel like you need to but go ahead and plug away anything and everything you want have at it okay 
<laughs> I, was like, I was like, should I plug Why Not Futurama first? Because please do. <laughs> that's the one the people are probably least familiar with. Uh, yeah, I talk too much on the internet about nerdy things. Um, obviously, Holy Batcast is is what most people would know me from. So you can check out Holy Batcast. There's also um, Disorder, every Disney film. There is real fans for real movies. And right now, because we are in the thick of the holiday season, we've done a lot of fun holiday episodes over there. And then there is why not Futurama where me and my buddy Scotty have been going through the show. Um, all those shows are part of the real fans network. You can find them all at RF for RM.com. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. You just search for my name because I ain't got time to come up with a creative handle. It's just Andy <laughs> D Genova. A-N-D-Y-D-I-G-E-N-O-V-A. And uh, thanks for having me, Ryan. This is a pleasure. Super fun. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Uh, thanks for coming back. As for the Batman Book Club, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, sometimes even some giveaways. Uh, I mentioned the YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and wander over there where... You can see that Garrett and I did the from page to screen with covering the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and comparing it to the book. But there's also, you know, ongoing series of me and Pete going through the road to no man's land. Uh, we took a little bit of a break last month because, hey, schedules, adults, adulting's tired, tiring. Um, so yeah, worst, go ahead and man. check that out. It's, and I, I don't I don't have a child. So. I mean, it's like, Ryan, what's your excuse? Well, I don't know. Travel and work. Like, spo- I, I... Spoilers, man. <laughs> they ruin everything. They do? Okay. But, well, but, can't wait. But, but thank God they're adorable and you love them like crazy. But yeah, they, they have no respect for a podcasting schedule. Believe, well, your little one did tonight. And so I, she I, did. I, I she respect. Did. She's, she's I an angel. It. <laughs> she went to bed. God bless her. That's all we, that's all we asked for. Uh, yeah. If you want to, or if you want to write into the show for anything at all, uh, you can do that at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. Patreon.com slash thebatmanbc, tpublic.com, type tbbc for the Batman Book Club. But the easiest way and the cheapest way and the most impactful thing you can do is to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever, just rate and review the show because the more reviews it gets, more it helps spread the word and as Razak will said the word is panic so for Andy D Genova I am Ryan Lauer and until next time we my bad